Yo guys, my name is Emil and you're listening to episode 4 of Emil in the Morning at Night. During this episode, we buckled down with Mr. Mike Litton, a teacher by profession and a real passionate person when it comes to the things he loves. We get right down to it and start discussing the finer details of what it means to be a geek. We also get to talking a lot about something I absolutely have no experience with, professional wrestling. If you're into stuff like this, I'll be bringing you conversations about life and video games and all the niche hobbies all you guys have every week. So don't forget to subscribe if you can. Alright, with that said, let's get to it then. Here's A Meal in the Morning at Night, Episode 4 with Mike Litton. tripping you out I, that's why I'm, normally around new people i'm very you're probably one of the first ones that i have like no connection to <laughs> yeah um uh, so let's start yeah uh welcome to another episode of a meal in the morning at night where i talk to interesting people over a cup of coffee at night and tonight joining us is mr mike litton introduce yourself man say hi hello everyone i'm mike or mikers how some people call I'm a teacher as my day job. I teach kids creative writing. I work as an English language instructor at Berlitz. And from time to time, I uh, work at a preschool as an assistant teacher. My previous guest actually recommended I talk to you. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he said um, that you were into all sorts of geeky stuff and you were working on super interesting stuff on the local scene. Oh, thanks. Um, so what's that all about? You mentioned um, you're a teacher. Yeah. So that's your day job. That's my day job. Anything about that you want to talk about? Uh, I started out as a creative writing teacher and uh, met a couple of different, you know, after school places. Left that, started working at a preschool, but I luckily I was able to keep some of my students from my previous places. Mm -hmm. So I do home tutorial now for creative writing. I teach three awesome kids. They're three? So you don't teach a whole class? No, it's, it's usually like one-on-one. Huh, so you're that kind of teacher. Yeah, because mm. when it comes to motivating the kids, I usually try to figure out the stuff that they're into, stuff that they find boring, and I just try to work with what they like. Okay, so what are you into mainly? Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. We're okay. going to talk about a, a lot later. Talk about like, a lot of pro wrestling. A lot Something of wrestling. I have no idea Oh, about. this is going to be awesome. This has gotten to be awesome because I love converting new people into pro wrestling. Like, growing up, I never got into the pro wrestling thing. Like, my classmates would always be talking about this pro wrestler fighting this pro wrestler and how Stone Cold is so cool or Mankind is so cool and I'm like everything's just flying over my head my geek cred is probably going down with these past few episodes because <laughs> I've been saying I have no idea about comics no idea about pro wrestling no I mean you know I think it's weird because I've been having the same sort of conversation with a lot of my friends in which it's like I know I'm geek but am I geek enough <laughs> that's actually this weird conversation that's happening all over the place right now because our niche is already starting to pick up steam. It is. And with us being in the limelight now, with us being in the spotlight, 
now is the time that a whole bunch of infighting is coming out? You know, it's weird because we're at this point now in which we were the losers all throughout high school. <laughs> and now that we're finally winning, it's like we're all starting to sort of turn on each other. It's fucked up. The maddening thing about it is that it stems from the fact that we all love this shit. We all love this shit, and before, it was the only thing we had. It was. It mm -hmm. really was. That's also why, you know, I can't help but feel a little bit territorial over the things mm -hmm. that I love. It isn't that, I mean, when it comes to wrestling or some of the bands I like, I want as much people to know about it and to watch it and to fall in love with it. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things in which, you know, once something becomes mainstream, a lot of its luster, a lot of the things that made it what it was sort of fades away. Sort of fades away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of like what happened with Seattle back in the 90s. Seattle, what do you mean? To put this in terms of like music, everyone credits Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Pearl Jam, the whole grunge scene with mm -hmm. rub, like changing rock music overnight. But what most people don't get is that that moment, that thing, that energy that shot Nirvana into the mainstream was already this big thing that was building up since 1980. Okay. It just so happened that it reached a boiling point and the right band came at the right time for every for that underground thing to suddenly <laughs> get into the mainstream. You're gonna be upsetting a lot of Nirvana fans with that statement, huh? I'm a huge Nirvana <laughs> fan. Like uh, I see the Kurt Cobain book right behind you. <laughs> yep. The Kurt Cobain journals. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Where was I? You were talking about how um the right band came about yeah, at the right, right time. Yeah, the right band came at the right time. Everything changed overnight. And mm -hmm. something that was just central and isolated to one group of people in the United States suddenly became available to everyone everywhere. Okay, so you're not saying that the movement is not credited to them. It's just that they came along at the right time. Yeah. And they gave it that final portion. Exactly. Okay. Because before it was Seattle, it was Boston. Before it was Boston, it was what? Minneapolis. Before it was Minneapolis, it was Athens, Georgia. So that thing started from all these different towns and eventually made its way into Seattle. Mm -hmm. And everything exploded. You know, when I think of where the quote-unquote geek culture is going, I'm worried that something similar is gonna happen. It's gonna happen to it. I'm not, I don't wanna say it's a geek culture, I don't wanna say it's a hipster culture, I don't wanna say it's, but it's a counterculture and it's, it's bubbling. Is that a bad thing though? No, it's a good thing because it's what I've been waiting for. But it's just one of those things in which I hope that whoever's there at the forefront, whatever powers at B are in play, I just hope they learn their lesson from what happened before and actually... Lest we repeat history. Exactly. Uh -huh. So I could go on and on and rant, but that's pretty much the point. We're covering a lot of ground right now. First you talked about wrestling, now you're talking about music. Is there anything else you're into, like video games? Um, yeah. Let's see, I'm a huge fan of Silent Hill. Silent Hill was a beautiful game. Quite a shame that new one is cancelled. I don't really care, actually. Really? You don't care? No, I My don't. My heart was crushed when I heard the new I mean, it looked great and everything, but it for did. me, the Silent Hill games were created by these group of developers and designers and musicians known as Team Silent. They don't make those games anymore, so for me, it, mm -hmm. it isn't a Silent Hill game if Team Silent isn't there. I mean, don't get me wrong, the idea of Silent Hill is great, and it's something you could always revisit, but the heart of Silent Hill was really the story of this little girl named Alessa Gillespie, mm -hmm. and all these things that happened around her. Mm -hmm. That's the heart of the story. Not Harry. <laughs> 
No, it wasn't Harry. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't Harry. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you're into? Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five and Saints Row. Oh yeah, you mentioned you you get together with your friends on the weekend. Yeah, right? me, my nephew Mikey, and my nephew Sebastian, and our friend Chris. We normally every Tuesday nights we connect four PlayStation threes together and just go crazy over Grand Theft Auto Five and. It's a funny dynamic because it ends up with three adults chasing one 13-year-old all over the <laughs> fucking map. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but I don't own a PS3. Really? I actually, like, skipped an entire console generation. I know you guys are tired of hearing about this. Actually, I'll tell you this. If you want to pick up a PlayStation 3 right now, now is the best time. Really? The prices are dirt cheap. You could get a decent console for as low as 6000 Games right now range anywhere between 250 to maybe 900 depending on the title if you buy it used it's all there and what's great now is that you know i don't have to go through the rush of oh i gotta play this new game new game new game like when i was a kid i can just take my time with different titles mm. i was actually aiming for a ps4 but you're saying ps3 ps3 dude there's so much there yeah i was kind of excited for the ps4 because street fighter 5 guilty gear is there the final fantasy 7 remake sorry mm-hmm. i don't those things not pique your interest no Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I tried getting into Final Fantasy, but it's... You're probably the first guy <laughs> who, who I've talked to that does not give a fuck about Final Fantasy I don't, VII. I don't give a fuck about Final Fantasy. Wow, because bold statement. No, but it has to be said, my friends are crazy about it. My friends are fucking crazy about it. One of my best buds, Hi Posse, Man, like him and Sephiroth, dude. <laughs> yeah. Because usually, you're on one side of the fence or the other. It's either you love Final Fantasy VII, or you hate it and love Six. And you're neither. I'm neither. You just don't care. I don't give a shit. Oh, wow. So RPGs aren't a big part of your life. They are, but in a different way. Because the kind of RPGs I, I would do, and I still do, were more writing-based RPGs. Writing-based? Yeah. What do you mean? I did one, that's where I learned actually how to write stories and stuff. Uh-huh. It's basically competitive short story writing set within the confines of fantasy wrestling. It's called a fantasy fed or an e-fed. E-fed. Yeah. So basically, people come up with their own original wrestling, fantasy wrestling company. So we're talking analog here, not a video game. Not a video game. Not it's a video all, game. It's all forum based. It's all forum based. It's That's all fun. Based. That's always fun. So with the pro wrestling stuff, what we do, we come up with our own wrestling federation. We come up with our own characters that we write for in that wrestling federation. Mm-hmm. And then we write short stories about our characters. And we basically write matches and do all these things. There's a lot of writing involved with it. But the hard is is that there's a competitive writing atmosphere there. So let's say we're having a game. Mm-hmm. And in the RPG, it's you versus me. Okay. You come in with your created character. I come in with my created character. And then? We both write short stories about our characters. And they're judged. And whoever writes the better story of that week wins the match. Huh, okay, this is the first time I'm actually hearing about something like this. Just to get that right, that's competitive story writing yeah for your characters yeah so that's like the closest thing like i'm familiar with is writing a character in dnd and actually playing together but instead of actually playing together you we guys write. are just facing off with your style of writing and yeah. how good it is yeah that's actually what those things boil down to in the end that's new to me especially you know when with the writers of my generation because we've been doing it for like 10 years now when was that a thing oh you just said 10 years yeah that's how long i've been doing it for okay if people are 
coming and going with this stuff. And you know, now that we're older, and you know, it's funny because for like an internet fantasy wrestling thing, it spawned people who eventually started working as either writers or people who started to break in, in into the wrestling scenes where they're from. Mm-hmm. So you have a very interesting mix of people who are actually starting to do shit on their own. Okay, since we're talking about this, let's get to know you more. Um, okay. You said that kind of game got you into writing. Any sort of work you're working on right now? Uh, I'm working on a series. Uh, I'm working on a series right now called The Virgins. The Virgins. Yeah, okay. or Tev Virgins. Tev Virgins. It's, it's, it's spelled T-E-H. T-E-H. Okay. Yeah. Little internet, you know. <laughs> it's basically about a group of juvenile 20-somethings who come to a point where they say, fuck it, we're gonna start our own street gang. And it happens in a world where indie rock or alternative rock is everywhere and a place where any argument ends up getting settled in a wrestling match. In a wrestling... You're really into the wrestling thing. I am. Um, you also mentioned to me that you actually wrote a book. Mm-hmm. You wrote a novel and you said <laughs> it will never see the light of day. Why yeah. is that? On one hand, I wrote a really, really, really cheesy and sweet story, and I'm still a sucker for that sweet story, even though a part of me is kind of ugh when I think about it. <laughs> uh, another one is because I didn't really know myself when I wrote it, and... How young were you when you wrote it? 20. 21. 20, okay. And aside from that, there's also really personal things that I put in there. But story-wise, it's basically about this 19-year-old who's obsessed, uh, a 19-year-old named Tim, who's obsessed with alternative rock, and movies and basically being lazy and directionless he ends up meeting this American girl who comes along Mm -hmm. he falls for her and it's just basically about that and him growing up it's a coming-of-age story so why is why will it never see the light of day (laughs) because I don't know because I guess a part of me doesn't want it to Oh really? So it's more of like something you wrote for yourself back when you were younger. I wrote it for a girl actually. I think that's also another reason. Huh. This girl I liked who was in the States, mm-hmm. you know, said, Oh, you should try writing a No, you should try joining Nano Remo. And I was like, you know what? Screw Nano Remo, I'll start writing a story now. It's gonna be like this. I was like, okay. And I looking back now, I think she just gave me the idea to write something as a way to like leave her alone for a while. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're talking about like um the stuff you've worked on actually getting to know you a bit mm-hmm. more. You mentioned to me earlier, like off mic, that you used to work with um, Wolfgang, Razorback, and more interestingly, um, actually Carlos Celdran. Yeah. How I was did. that? How was that? I was Carlos's intern for like around a year. A year. And I actually stopped and went back to school like two months before he did the whole Damaso thing. Oh, so you were an intern before he exploded on yeah, social before, media. Before that all that whole thing happened. <laughs> I mean it was a really cool experience because when it comes to public speaking, performance, I learned a lot. I actually don't know much about Carlos Soldran. The only thing I know is that social media explosion. What was he about? Um, um, at the time, he was mostly, uh, and he still does it, the tourists around Intramuros. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Okay, tours. so maybe I do know a bit more about him than I think. You know, what's great about his tourists is that, you know, he's taking you through all these different places, you hear all these different stories, and what's great about it is that it really sounds like the lecture on Philippine history and Philippine culture that we should have had when we were growing up. Like, the way he presents it, the way he gives it to you, it's really that one class, that one lecture we should have had on our culture and our history when we were growing up. 
that's pretty cool, man. Like, not everyone gets that experience. And like, to someone who like values storytelling so much, I would imagine history is very important to you. It is. I'm, it, it also it depends on the history because when it comes to the history of things I'm really into, I can know everything about every. Like, especially when it comes to like wrestling or music, I'll especially with music. Like, I'll pro like in a week, I'll probably find like one or two songs that was released in like either 1987 or like mm -hmm. 1969 from that no one knows about except for. I, I'm not doing that to brag. I just, I just happen to find these things. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. All okay. right, we'll be back after a short break. Peace. You're listening to A Meal in the Morning at Night. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far, so let's get right back to it. And we're back. I should really pay more attention to my coffee. I haven't been drinking it. I'm actually having an espresso frappuccino from Starbucks. An unnecessarily expensive coffee. <laughs> and um, you are having an iced Americano, my guess. You're black. Thank Pure you for black. this. No problem, Thank man. You. Cheers. I hope I'm not throwing off your sleep schedule or anything. You know, I drink so much coffee a day that I'll be fine. <laughs> so um, we were talking about, we were talking a lot about Carlos Seldran. Is there anything you want to add to that before we get going to another topic? Uh, no, I mean, great experience, great experience. Because when it came to like setting up events, because you know, when people go on those tours, they see like all the props and sets there, but they really don't know a lot of the work, a lot of the last minute work that goes into putting together something that's smooth for the person attending those tours. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of work behind the scenes ah. that really helped out. You mentioned while we were off mic something about working on a radio show? Yeah. What's that about? Uh, me and my bud. Hey, Posse. Hi again. We had a radio show on DZRJ. DZRJ? DZRJ. 809... No, wait. 9... Fucking fucking FM. <laughs> Voice of the Philippines. Voice of the Philippines. Voice of the Philippines. All right. We had a radio show called Twisted Stone that was basically um, <laughs> we we got we got the show because we were just walking around you know Rockwell being like our normal selves, just being complete loud mouths. And somebody heard you and guys. And someone overheard us. And this lady was like, "Oh, you know, you guys sound great. You should be on the radio." And me and Posse were, we were like, "All right, we'll be on the radio." Okay, sure. <laughs> then she gave us this card, and we were like, "Holy shit!" So they gave us a show on their F, no, on their AM channel because they needed content badly. They desperately needed content, and they thought we would bring in younger viewers based on our show, but. It was just basically us doing nonsensical shit to a microphone for around 45 minutes. When did you guys start doing this? This was, I think, 2010? So like, this this whole interview thing, this isn't weird to you at all? No, not at all. Uh -huh. It was pretty weird for your friend Ryan. It was? It was. Like, the first thing he said on mic was like, this is weird. Yeah, no, no, because it's always off-putting because, you know, the first time you're in front of a microphone, especially if it's live... <laughs> exactly. I curse a lot. That's okay. Yeah, I know, but, you know, I also work as a teacher now, so, and back then I cursed a lot. <laughs> Every sentence I said had the word fuck shit in it. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, oh, don't say fuck, don't say fuck, but it came to a point in which uh, they would pre-record us and try to edit out the curses. Oh, so your radio show actually wasn't live. At first it wasn't live, but then- Because you gotta practice. Yeah. Oh, okay, and okay. then once we saw that a lot of curses were sort of slipping through the crack, we just like, yeah, all right, whatever, no one's gonna hear this. Just <laughs> do whatever you want. Oh man, 
Now, since we were talking about wrestling a while ago, mm-hmm. and like as somebody who did not grow up with wrestling, as somebody who went through grade school and high school with all of his friends talking about the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mankind, all these kind of things, and me just like staying in the corner, like Final Fantasy, <laughs> video games, Sonic the Hedgehog. I'll change that. <laughs> Alright, so you're gonna convert me. Yes. And if you're gonna convert me, tell me about it right now. If you would convert me to the wrestling scene, what would you tell me? Oh, go for it. Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, if I had to convert you, I would tell you that pro wrestling is the greatest thing on earth. Really? It is the greatest thing. It is a marriage of art and skill. Actually, um, very recently, um, like a few months ago, I remember watching this video. It was called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, Wrestling Isn't right, Wrestling. Right, right, right. It's super good. That's one of the videos that actually made me kind of depressed. Like, why didn't I get into this? <laughs> it sounds super awesome. It is. Huh? And, you know, the thing is, you know, when you're watching it, and, you know, he covered the career of Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember, I watched that whole thing as it happened. And the way he laid it out was just so brilliant. The thing that got me is like, a story told over 10 years. Yeah, it goes back to the idea that as a fan, when you invest in a wrestler, Mm -hmm. you're not just investing in a band or something, or investing in a musician, you're really investing in a person. That's for me where the realism of wrestling comes from. Like even if their characters are actually written out for them, these are actual people, and what they do on stage actually affects their life. It does, it does, and you know... And how they're perceived by the public. Yeah, and there there are times in which, you know, personal stuff do sort of sneak its way into, into the story. For me, it's what you see in the ring, the actual guys beating each other up in their underwear and like <laughs> yeah. pretending to throw each other around. That's one of the things that turned me off actually. As a kid, I was like, I don't get it. I like cartoons better. <laughs> I really don't get watching two guys hug in the middle of a crowd. Like, oh, that's more mixed martial arts though. <laughs> Shots fired, guys. <laughs> that's more... No, like after what Dana White said, I mean, shit, mixed martial arts so it's wrestling everything. Oh, really? Mixed martial arts and wrestling comes from the same place. Mm-hmm. They have the same history. But they diverge at the there crossroads. Was, yeah. I mean, mixed martial arts is divergent, happened. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry, I have to go through a whole backstory here. Professional wrestling didn't used to be fake, it didn't used to be predetermined. Okay. But it just so happened that the way the business model of the sport was developing, a lot of guys couldn't deal with having to wrestle for 45 minutes one night, have to travel to another town to wrestle 45 minutes again. Okay. So there was that need from a business standpoint to protect the workers. So slowly over time they started making, you know, predetermining the matches. And eventually it became what we have today with WWE. So MMA and wrestling actually have the same roots. They have the same roots. But with pro wrestling, they they took this path of um, writing backstories, having actual characters See, in the interest of their workers. Not really in the interest of the workers. That mostly came from fans. Okay. Because when it comes to th- sports like, you know, boxing, wrestling, those kinds of things, or even, you know, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Those weren't really sports up until the early 20th century. Okay. Those were mostly sideshows or things that happened in carnivals. Feats or, of strength. Exactly, things that happened in fairs. Mm-hmm. And the fakeness in wrestling comes from that mentality because for a lot of those people, 
they wanted the people who would come there every week or every month to come back. Mm -hmm. So they would find different ways to con them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where the term mark in wrestling lingo comes from. Mark, what does that mean? A mark is basically... You're talking to a complete wrestling noob. Okay, in pro wrestling, there's two kinds of fans. There's the marks, in which they believe everything they see, Oh, okay. So, like, this is real life. This is real. This is real. Or if it's not real, it's like, okay, this is this is wrestling. This is the best thing. I'm gonna cheer for the good guy because I have to, and I'm gonna cheer the bad guy because I have to. Okay. Don't really have a say over favorites. They just cheer for whoever happens to be in those positions. Okay. Then you have smart fans, smart marks, smart smart marks, smarks, or smarks. All right. And smarks are the fans who know that the wrestling is predetermined, but they like it anyway. The most interesting thing, actually, that you mentioned a while ago was that um, even though that these are um, written stories and the matches are predetermined and like it's basically theater. Mm, it is. Even though it's theater, their actual lives are still on stake and like things can get personal. You said that. Mm-hmm. With something like that, uh, first of all, you wouldn't think that that would be an issue. That uh, yeah. these these personal differences would get in the way of like art, theater, basically. Um, what are your feelings on that? It's mixed. I, you know, on one hand, it's one of those things where the human factor will always come in. Because mm-hmm. when you have people dealing with each other, even though they get along great, human factor is going to come in, and one way or another, they're just going to piss each other off. I guess, I guess. I mean, like, with Game of Thrones, like, everyone hated that Joffrey guy for a long time. Yeah, and, be, and again, we all remember, it, it's a TV show. It's a TV show, but exactly. every time you see fucking Joffrey, you want to kill that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear there were stories that when people saw him on the street, they would visibly retch oh, yeah. at his presence. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure, and pro wrestlers, you know, before actors got that kind of acclaim, pro wrestlers got that... That kind of backlash. Yeah. Uh-huh. For instance, um, one of the greats, Classy Freddy Blassie. In the Japanese wrestling fans back in like the 60s and 70s, used to think of Freddy Blassie as a vampire. A vampire? Because in one match, I forgot who he was wrestling. Maybe it's Rikido-san, but I don't know for sure. His opponent was cut up, so he started biting on the guy. Okay. And there was a picture of him biting on the guy, the guy's blood dripping down Freddy Blassie's mouth. Okay. And again, American biting uh, this Japanese guy. It's, it's a very brutal image. Yep, yep, so, it is. You know, and he, this is a guy whose wife is Japanese. He spent many years in Japanese, sorry, in Japan. And they thought he was a vampire. When people would see him walking down the street, they would, you know, they shut would cower him. They fear. would cower. Uh-huh. Because that image of him, you know, with blood biting that guy, that hit front pages back in its day. Huh. Like, um, from what I know about wrestling, I mean, like, that video, Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, the, the biggest takeaway I had from it was, like, that the people who say, like, oh, wrestling isn't real, it's dumb. And the guy just pointed out that, like, okay, here's the Undertaker. He's an undead warlock. And you still really think that we don't know that this is fake. The argument vanishes in front of me that, like, you shouldn't like this because it's fake. You know, the funny thing about wrestling being wrestling is that it's only now that the general public is mm-hmm. starting to understand that it's a show. That it's a show. Uh-huh. They're, they're starting to accept that. Because I do think, in a lot of cases, what turned off a lot of people to have that more cynical, oh, it's fake. It's sort of shit. Yeah. Comes from the fact that for the longest time, mm-hmm. they believed it was real. They believed it was real. And uh, when. That makes sense. So it's just a, like a, a feeling of betrayal of the media. Exactly. Uh-huh. 
And, you know, some people kind of, they exploited that emotion with the fans. There were, there were promoters who, who did that. Mm -hmm. In an attempt to, you know, sell more tickets, they they do all sorts of crazy storylines just to keep the fans. So the hype factor, basically, yeah. basically. Um, for instance, uh, I'll just bring this up for uh, just footnote. Go ahead. Um, there was this uh, Texas wrestling family called the Van Eric Wrestling Family. Okay. And they were the lords of wrestling in Texas. They were royalty. All right. And uh, they were from a promotion that their father Fritz Von Eric started called world-class championship wrestling mm -hmm. and the main stars of that company were his sons and the sons were so beloved that whenever they would rush into the ring a whole crowd would gather around them and they would have to pry people away from them okay that's how beloved they were huh and you know tragedy struck that family in, in such a brutal way all right and they were beloved in their hometown. And then after all that tragedy happens, and at one point the father fits, he staged a heart attack. People grew tired of that. You know, their emotions were juggled way too much there because they invested so much. So given that instance, mm -hmm. because the emotional involvement from, a f from the fans is so strong, it's only natural that most of the percentage of wrestling fans would feel betrayed. Ah, alright. Yeah. That's one of the amazing things for me. We have all this other sort of media. We have video games, we have soap operas, we have all these shows on TV, yet we know that it's fake, but we're okay with that. Yeah. And wrestling is here, and it's fake, sure, but just because it's portrayed in like a live manner, like we feel betrayed that it's fake. That's that's super weird to me. There's this this weird hypocrisy that's going on when it comes to like judging each media fairly. I mean, you watch CSI and you're not worried that some guy got murdered. You know that's fake, but you still watch the show. That's enjoyable. Uh, you, you still make that emotional investment with the story and the characters. Yeah. You watch Game of Thrones and you see your favorite character die and you've seen that character die in other movies like uh, Lord of the Rings but it doesn't hurt as much as it did when it happened in Game of Thrones yeah yeah to me that's just super weird that something that's so prevalent in other types of media can be um, bringing up these feelings of betrayal yeah when it comes to wrestling though um this is the first time I've ever like interviewed like somebody who's into wrestling usually I get them video game nerds them anime nerds things I'm actually into now, talking to someone who's into things that I'm not into, you're actually sort of converting me. And like, I wanna get into wrestling, but where does one start? <laughs> because after watching like that, that wrestling isn't wrestling video, and after hearing you talk about this, wrestling seems to have- there's It's a, a huge world. There's a gigantic backlog. There's a huge world. And like, I, I really don't see myself like, where do I jump? Yeah, no, I think that's why for anyone starting into wrestling, they really, it's either they pick up from what's going on in WWE right now. Okay. But that doesn't appeal, that appeals to some people, it doesn't appeal to other people. Mm -hmm. So what's nice with pro wrestling is that it's, it's like a buffet with all the different styles of pro wrestling, with all the different companies in pro wrestling. As a fan, especially with the internet here, you could basically pick and choose what you want to watch based on your style. That's interesting because for me, as someone who isn't into wrestling, I've mentioned that so many times, I'm used to media that is very 
episodic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm used to watching things in order. I'm used to there being a timeline. Yeah. But you're saying with wrestling, I can just wherever I want. You can pick and choose. I I wish it, though there were there's like different ways you can start if you want to know about the history. You could read up on it. There's DVDs and stuff like that, but no one really ever chronicled a whole storyline promo by promo, match by match. It would be great for people to do that because at least people watching those matches for the first time would have that backstory to understand what they're watching and so the violence that they see isn't so random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've also heard from other people, one of the best ways to get into wrestling is actually to follow one character. Yeah. Is that something? Like, who are you a fan of? Um... Right now, my favorite wrestler in the world is a girl named Nicole Matthews. Nicole Matthews? Nicole Matthews. Uh, and her tag team partner, Portia Perez, they're one of my favorite wrestlers. What are they about? What's their deal? They're these two Canadian dorks who are like the biggest heels or baddies in wrestling. Yeah, and, that's one term I know, at and least. What I, I just love them because they're amazing workers. Especially with Nicole, like, she started to do intergender wrestling matches, so she wrestles guys now. Oh wow, I didn't know that was a thing. That's a thing. Huh. Um, you'd be surprised. Personally, I think intergender wrestling is going to be a thing in the next 10 years. Hmm. It's, it's going to happen. It's already happening. So pro wrestling is actually taking the step that most actual sports leagues haven't yet. No, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Like, wrestling's very diverse, and you know, the thing with wrestling training is that everyone is considered equal. In, okay. in a good wrestling school, everyone's considered equal. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the WWE level, because of, you know, certain policies and they're trying to be mainstream and everything, they can't exactly have intergender wrestling matches like they used to. But on an independent level, things are slowly evening out that women are starting to get the opportunities that most guys would have. You're talking about wrestling so much and how... how I know, it's hard to follow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's just me though. I'm sure we have listeners that know everything that you're talking about and I'm just that like tiny percent that has no idea. Okay. Alright, here, let's find you a wrestler right now. Okay, okay, let's find I'm game for that, I'm game okay. for that. Um, okay, think of selecting a wrestler like choosing a character in Tekken or Street Fighter. Um, let's go for Street Fighter. I like Kami. Okay, alright, what's a wrestler who's like Kami? <laughs> That's kind of tough, huh? It's kind of tough. Okay, wait. Imagine that being all different pro wrestlers, like a select screen. On, okay, okay. On thing. Different wrestlers have different styles. It, it just depends on what kind of style you want to see. If you want to see someone who's more kind of pound down, pound, mm -hmm. pin you down, beat the shit out of you kind of fighter, you go with one wrestler. You want to see someone who does amazing flips and jumps in the air, you go with another wrestler. That's probably me, yeah. You want to go with someone who's more submission expert or but sometimes the thing is even you're not too crazy about the wrestling style the person wrestling is so captivating mm -hmm. that you just like them as a performer anyway that their moves are actually sort of secondary to them from the wrestlers these days though is there anyone you can recommend to me to follow daniel bryan daniel bryan daniel bryan uh, although he's injured right now I became a fan of Daniel Bryan because when he was still in the independent circuit. At that time, I was watching some really goofy, annoying shit on WWE. So, you know, it was doing the whole you can't see me yeah. thing. I was like, oh. I, was like oh, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> That's all I know from wrestling. Well, since you're clearly very much into wrestling, how does this translate to your life? Oh! <laughs> like a lot of people, like they'll have hobbies and just like have them as hobbies. Yeah, we um, have to have them. To we have grew them. up. These hobbies were our crutches going through life. And more often than not, with my guests, 
what they're into translates into their real life. So how does that apply to you? Me and my buds are starting a wrestling company. Oh, really? We're starting a wrestling promotion, yes. Okay, what's that all about? It's such a big story, mm -hmm. you know, because so much of my life is involved there and there's things I can't say, things I can't say. Oh, all right. Um, but I'll just give you a small breakdown on what happened. Um, we, we were part of PWR at one point. Uh, okay. PWR started out as a Facebook group. A Facebook group. A Facebook right. group of like different wrestling fans who found each other through like all these different wrestling fan pages. Okay. And it was like, okay, if we had a home promotion, how would it be like? All right. And for the longest time, it was fantasy booking. You know, saying, mm -hmm. oh, if I was a wrestler, I'd do this. If we were to do this, do this. But no one was really saying, oh, you, who's actually serious about this? Uh huh. So on. December 2013. 2013. A bunch of us got together in Trinoma and started the talk that led into basically what's going on in the scene right now. Oh, so there actually is already a local scene. Yeah, it's been brewing up for a long time. It was bound to happen, except it's, you know, with something like pro wrestling, since it's not, even though we're all familiar with it, it's not as ingrained in our culture, in our lives, in our everyday lives as basketball or now soccer is, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's really no way you could honestly pull off wrestling without the proper equipment, without or without without the right shit for it. Uh huh. So it is especially here. It's gonna take a while for it to really flourish and develop. But what's important is that it's happening. Yes, yes. Um, it's important that it's happening for now, though. What are you doing right now? Me and my buds we're starting a new wrestling promotion. We're still juggling through final names, but for anyone listening right now, it's either gonna be PCW Philippine Championship Wrestling or it's gonna be MWF, the Manila Wrestling Federation. So right. anyone listening right now who's thinking of going on with that, go fuck yourselves because I said it first. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> on the podcast, no one's listening to I yet. I know. <laughs> All right. But this is also good because in case someone does, you know, try to use uh, it. We have it on record. We have it on record. Uh, All right. All right. Well, we've been talking about wrestling a lot. We've been talking about video games a bit, a tiny bit. Anything else you want to talk about? Wrestling, if you don't mind. Wrestling. Okay. Okay. What about wrestling? Is there any other aspect of wrestling that has not been made clear to this non-wrestling mind of mine? We're gonna watch a bunch of wrestling matches at the end of the recording for this. Uh-huh. And you are gonna see some amazing action. I'm gonna show you some wrestling matches. You're gonna show me some wrestling matches? Yeah, and I'm gonna turn you into a convert. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna try my best to get into this whole wrestling thing. I mean, like, I think I've damaged my geek cred enough by saying, like, I'm not into comic books that much and I'm not into wrestling. No, 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 I mean, again, don't, I, for me, I think the important thing is it's not really what you're into, it's how you're into it. How you're into it. All right. I think I think that should really be it because you have people going like, oh, you know, if you're not watching, you know, th this show, you're not a geek. You're not reading these comics. You're not a geek. It's and it's never been about that. I think that's something I really want to talk about. Actually, mm. at the start of the show, we were talking about how our culture is actually like in the spotlight now. It's in the mainstream, and that uh, we should be appreciative of this fact. But instead of just like banding together and like showing the world what we got, we got all this infighting and stuff. Yeah. And I mean like 
it applies everywhere. Uh, it applies with the video game scene, it applies with the anime scene, the cosplayers, they're going nuts about like these casuals, these filthy casuals. Oh my god. And like, I'm sure the wrestling community uh, also has its fair share of infighting. <laughs> and like, it's something that um, I want to talk about in a way like, we don't have to get into specifics. Yeah, no, no, no. no but like, in my head, um, it might seem like a shitty situation right now, mm. but I think these are just growing pains, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, again, the, the stuff we want to come back, it's slowly starting to come back. Like? For instance, that kind of grungy pop stuff, like from the 90s. There are more bands right now who are starting out or who are starting to get, you know, their momentum going mm -hmm. on a very small level who have that sort of 90s alternative sound to them. And it doesn't even sound like they're, you know, ripping off other bands. It really sounds like they're continuing that sound. All right. And I never thought that was gonna happen. I should have, but it's starting to happen. And it's gonna take a while, but there is gonna be a point at which that music eventually hits the mainstream. That's something really beautiful, though. I've never heard it spoken in that way, that um, these people aren't ripping it off. They're continuing the legacy. Yeah. Huh. I've never thought of it that way, and I think more people should think about it that way, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, like, with all this infighting going on and all this, like, oh, you're not really a geek, a lot of people want to take the reins and steer us in a direction. I think that's a very contrived thought. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. And I think all of this, like, infighting is just a part of our community growing. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I hope it really is a case of our community growing because you know it's one of those things in which if you take all the petty bullshit away you step back for a minute and you assess the whole situation it's easy to see where everyone would be happy mm -hmm. it's so easy to see where everyone would be happy exactly but right now we're just sort of squabbling over all this stupid unnecessary bullshit uh -huh. i hope it's part of us growing up i really do hope that's the case. Like you said earlier, you're, you're never really going to get rid of the human element of things. You're never. We're all people, and we all have these feelings, and sometimes these feelings will be stepped on, but all for the greater good. You gotta take the step forward, knowing that this is all for the love of this craft. Mm -hmm. With that said though, what are the steps you're taking to bring forward the local community when it comes to wrestling? L going back to... PCW MWF. My friends and I are starting a promotion. Mm -hmm. uh, we should be launching real soon. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all I'm gonna tell you. That's all I'm gonna tell you. That's I, all you're gonna tell me for now. That's all I'm gonna say for now, but you, like <laughs> wrestling fans can expect some really good shit from us coming down the line. Wow, this has been a very interesting interview for me. I mean, like, I am not a wrestling fan, and I I met you downstairs. Yeah, I met you downstairs when I like like an hour ago. Yep, I have no idea who you are, and now I think I know you slightly more than a lot of my other friends <laughs> <laughs> that I hang out you. with like all the time. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. um, okay, uh, first off, uh, shout out to the geeks at G-Site. Jason and JV are really pulling that thing forward right now, so if you want to get some really good comic book and movie reviews, 
go to JV and Jason. That's at G site. You can find them on Facebook as And the Geeks Shall Inherit the Earth. All right. Other shout outs. Uh, can I make a shout out to my butts? Yeah, sure. Go for it, man. Sweet. Posse, hi again. Uh, <laughs> That's the third time. Ems, I'm going to send you this link and you're going to be really fucking proud of me for doing this. So this one's for you. <laughs> Deej, we have to hang out soon because Game of Thrones board game is like in my closet and we really need to do another game. We left you out of the last two games, so it's it's time. <laughs> it's time. Board game nights, always fun. Always fun. And, um, anything well, else? How can we get in touch with you? Me? Yeah, I mean like, you seem to be someone who like... Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I really don't... I have a Twitter that I used to use for wrestling. Mm -hmm. I still use that sometimes. I think it's at Heel Turn Mikers. At Heel Turn Mikers. Yeah. All right. I think I think that's a name, at Heel Turn Mikers. Okay. Anything else? Who else do I want to say hi to? Oh, yeah. Um, My two AJs, Ladder and AJ. Mm -hmm. I send this to you guys. Peace. Josh, Nikki Dean. Hi, guys. Progs. My protege. Last major shout outs. My PCW MWF family. I fucking love you guys. Mm -hmm. Sen, Ben, Reeves, Mileson, Anna, Tino, Arnell, Giggs, MJ, Fabs. Anyone I'm missing right now, I hope to God I'm not. I love you guys. We're making our dreams come true together. And the fact that you're willing to do this with me and you guys have chosen me to lead this thing, it means everything to me. And I will love you guys forever. And I'm going to spend a lot of my time and energy making you guys a bunch of fucking rock stars. <laughs> you guys are going to be going all over the world doing wrestling shows. Mark my word. Thank you for having us. Uh, I mean, like, thank you for having me. You were recommended to me by one of my guests. And last shout out to Rai and Rain. You were recommended to me by like one of my previous guests. And I know nothing about wrestling. I'm walking out of here with a better knowledge about this <laughs> subculture. For sure. For sure. I hope you enjoyed our time together oh, I did. and I Cheers. hope you enjoyed that coffee Cheers. and before we die from the aircon not being on because <laughs> of my recording I'd like to thank you for being here and I'd like to wish you all the luck when it comes to yeah. your wrestling endeavors and the same to you with your podcast thanks 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 tons man Cheers. see ya and that was another episode of a meal in the morning at night Follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash a meal in the morning at night for announcements on when the next episode is out. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at at Emile Tang on Twitter. That's at E-M-I-L-E-T-A-N-G. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it over to emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Once again, thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. And if you're like me, thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening. And to the rest of you people out there, a good night.